Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Okay, look, everyone, Eva isn't here to tell me that we're okay, so I'm hoping that this will continue recording the whole time. I'm nervous about my iCloud account. Anyway. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Welcome to this already chaotic experience where uh, you have seen Eva on the show for the last, for two months ago now. You've seen Zandy on the show for the last month, and now it is time for new guests and a majority of this month, at the very least, three of the four weeks, are going to be uh, taken by storm by the Wine and Crime Gals. They very lovely and very kindly volunteered to each take an episode. So we are starting with the lovely Kenyon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I We very much appreciate you being here and, uh, you know, trying to snag christine's job if you wanted to do an official permanent collaboration with them that's what she has an adorable new baby she's fine she can handle it when this (laughs) when this comes out uh it will be i think after i think it'll be 2022 i think this comes out next year oh finally finally we're very ahead it's not you are it's not even Halloween yet, folks, over here. So I oh have my no God. Idea. I'm impressed. <laughs> we like if we're three weeks ahead in recordings, we're like <laughs> we're so professional. That happened one time when we were on tour, uh, RIP. But uh, we did it one time where we were ahead. Like I think I think we got to a month in five mm-hmm. years. That was the best we'd ever prepared, mm-hmm. and we felt so fancy. And now, technically, mm-hmm. I guess we are. Technically, we're prepared, but also Christine and I should have recorded enough episodes in advance. We didn't have to ask people to guest, so I'm, I don't know if it's no. This is this is a cool, fun way, and you know what? You gotta live your values and give parental leave to yes. folks. So well, I think it's great. Uh, to anyone listening, nobody knows this because we haven't talked about it. And but Christine uh, had the audacity at one point to tell me. Oh, yeah, well, like, um, I had the baby, and, like, it was, like, five days after giving birth. She was like, just let me know whenever you want me to come back and record. And I was like, Christine. I was like, yeah. you sit your ass down. Like, I, I, we've got it handled. Eva and I have gotten people available. It's going to be fine. But, of course, in Christine fashion, within, like, a week, she was itching to come back. She's so, ready. It's like, yeah. are you still sitting on ice packs and, like, wearing a diaper? Can you just calm down? 
I told her, I was like, the second that I create a family, like, do not expect to hear from me for three months. Like, at the very yeah. least. Like, I'm not going, I'm absolutely not working. Well, so bye. please, don't make me feel bad in the future by working now. Like, just stay home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we very much appreciate you. And then next week, uh, we got another one of your 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 buds on. So Nice. Um, how are you and why do you drink? Oh good or a bad reason at all? I'm putting you on the spot here, but you are putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm doing great. Um, Lucy, Amanda, and, uh, the fourth gal, Scott were recently (laughs) visiting me here in Louisville, Kentucky. And so that was really fun. They were here last weekend and we went to, um, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. (gasps) Was that your first time there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was, how did you like it? I really liked it. I am a total baby about that stuff. So I <laughs> thought that I was not going to be able to handle it. And they kind of dragged me to it because okay. they, they were like, it's, it's, you know, we, we call each other meh. And so we, we were, it, the weekend was called Halloween, uh-huh. and we were excited and they were like, we have to do it. And I was like, okay. Was and, it a, like a ghostly tour or did you just take, take like a history tour of it or what? It was, um, it was like their Halloween tour. So it was kind of like, I think they were packing in as many things as they could to like get as many tours through in the month of October as they could. So it was gotcha. kind of a smash up of, of history and, and paranormal. Fun. Um, it was cool. It was fun. And I handled it much better than I thought I would. Uh, okay. It was exciting. And afterwards, Lucy took a bunch of photos because we were allowed to with no flash. And afterwards, I spotted a red ball in one of the hallways and no way. that is one of the like stories that they have is like this ghost named Timmy that they've named Timmy who like <laughs> plays with a ball in the uh-huh. hallways. Oh, so creepy. And I spotted one. So I don't know if they planted it there or not. But I don't know. I do know there's um, there's one trick with green lights, but I've never heard of a red one actually doing that. So no, I know, this is like-, like a physical ball. Shut the fuck up. Wait, yeah. I thought it was like a light this whole time. No, a ball, a physical toy ball that was in the hallway. <laughs> so, yeah. And it was it okay, was on the nothing. second floor, and they didn't tell us that story until the third floor. Oh, if they if that is planted, genius uh, organization of the story so that you feel like you saw something original. Right? But, like, also, that's just so scary. Um, and also, I love when buildings just randomly pick a name for their ghost and it's something as sweet as timmy when timmy could be a demon you know right yeah, exactly it's like timmy sounds fun but like i'm not fucking with timmy either right. <laughs> timmy giving you a ball is actually in exchange for your soul so oh god uh, yeah. and then is is there a reason why you drink at all is there a good or a bad thing that's happened this week you for know you? it's it's coming up on halloween um we carved pumpkins but then the squirrels demolished all of our pumpkins so maybe that's why I drink. That all my pumpkin carving work was for naught because they're just ruined. I hear you. Well, I uh, what are you, are you doing? Anything specific for Halloween night? Are you dressing up as anything? Um, I I have this. So for our live stream, I got a headdress from that's supposed to be like Moira Rose from the Close oh, Have fun. Eyes. And yeah. I'll probably just rehash that because it's my favorite thing ever to wear. Very fun. I We haven't figured out yet if we're dressing up or not. Every single year, I tell Allison she should dress up as the Scarlet Witch. And, like, it one, because I am obsessed with Elizabeth Olsen. But, two, because <laughs> there there's – I think I – 
I might just have like lovey-dovey eyes and maybe it's not true. But in my mind, Elizabeth Olsen and Allison actually have a lot of similar features. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of want to put her in the costume just to see how right I am, just to see how accurate if you were to put them next to each other, it would look. So, and is, I'm, is I'm Allison good about like prepping a costume. No, that's it's, we've been yeah. together for, this is our fourth Halloween together. Scarlet Witch has been on my mind for at least half of that time and nothing, but also like mm -hmm. I, we're, I'm, I just thrive under pressure. And so usually if I can't get a costume together in like 20 minutes, then yeah. I won't. Right. So I, I have, if we do it, I want to do it right. I want to have like a whole cosplay experience with yeah. it. And, and I just have, I don't have the time and I can't justify the money. So. Right. One, well, you one have day, the though. skills though to create. Thank you. I, maybe I have the skills for props, but when it comes to wardrobe, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. I, oh, there was actually a wardrobe person at the prop, the prop house that I worked at. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, it was really weird. Everyone had so many skills at that company where you could basically bring in any unfinished task and someone would be able to do it for you during their lunch break. So like so I had cool. a shirt, I had a shirt that I really liked with holes in it. And I was like, oh, can you patch this up? And people would just trade skills for favors. And mm -hmm. so uh, I, the fact that I worked at a prop house and had to go to a seamstress on her lunch breaks for help tells me I probably can't put together a Halloween <laughs> costume. <laughs> Uh, well, my husband's going as Ted Lasso. Not not super inventive, but he's also a middle school principal and like has to have that kind of energy at work. So uh -huh. um, it's going to be really good, and he's going to shave to just a mustache. So and do kids fun. know which Ted Lasso is, or is that an adult show? I don't uh, actually know Ted Lasso. Um, kids definitely, middle schoolers definitely know Ted Lasso, so they are very okay. Excited. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, anyway, thank you for coming on. Do you have a story prepped or is this all me? I do have a story prepped. Should yeah, I, okay. do you want me to go first? You are more than welcome to go first. Usually I do the paranormal first, but it, I, guests I don't care. get to choose. Guests get Your to choose. show. You okay. do it. Okay. So you, uh, this is, wow, I'm either about to really, well, neither way I'm going to earn brownie points now, but. I could really damage our friendship here because <laughs> I always confuse you and Lucy for which one lived in South Africa. And it was Me. you. Yes. Yes. Okay, thank God. <laughs> okay. Because I wanted to uh, come up with a story for you. So this is a story in South Africa. Woo! Uh, I, wow. It's going to be so embarrassing. For a second, I also got freaked out that Lucy was coming on today it's versus fine. you. And, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm really going to fuck this up. So, I used to get Eva and Allison mixed up and have little mini panic attacks about which one to reference. You, you would not be the first or the millionth. I yeah. get so many emails uh, or so many DMs being like, oh my gosh, you and Eva look so cute. And I'm like, Eva's not in that picture, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Also, some people think that Allison is, people get Allison and Christine confused. So mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, how's your co-host? And also how's your girlfriend, Christine? And it's, so. Nope. Nope. You're. You're, you're not alone. It happens all the time. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. 
cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So here is a story for you from Cape Town, which was that where you were or Johannesburg? We were in Johannesburg, but we got married outside of Cape Town and, and definitely visited Cape Town a bunch. Yeah. Did you get married at the Castle of Good Hope? No, but I've been oh. there and okay. I hiked up a bunch of stairs. Oh, good. Well, uh, this is what that story is. The Castle of Good Hope. And I did not know it had so many stairs. So thank you for already throwing mm-hmm. up. Fun fact then. How many stairs do you know? Oh, God, did it feel like know. a thousand? It felt like endless. And my husband and his sister was like, they were there and they're both really athletic and they were like miles ahead of me. And I was like huffing and puffing up those bad boys. I just came back from Allison's family trip to Denver. And that whole family is just like, I don't know if they're athletic or they're just like stubborn as shit and like think they're mm-hmm. athletic and are willing to put in the work. But they wanted to go to like the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is mm-hmm. a bajillion stairs all the way up to like the clouds. So not mm-hmm. only do you not feel good about yourself because you climbed a literal <laughs> mountain, but now you can't breathe because of the elevation. Yeah. When I went with the family, I was like, damn, I like, thank God I've been with Allison for long enough that I don't feel the need to impress them anymore. Because at one point I was like, I'm, I'm not going. Yeah, (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) It's beautiful from here. Right here feels awesome. (laughs) And I'm not going to go any higher up. Thank you. So anyway, uh, maybe if we ever go to Cape Town, I will avoid taking them to this place because the second they hear stairs, I seem to get real giddy. So... (laughs) Okay, so it's in Cape Town, and apparently the Castle of Good Hope is the oldest existing colonial building left in South Africa. Fun fact. Another fun fact. It is uh, apparently the, quote, the best preserved example of a 17th century architectural structure in the world. Whoa, okay, did not know that. So it was built from 1666 to 1697. Um, It was built as a ship supply station. And it was built originally by the merchant, uh, it's it's spelled like Jan, but I'm wondering if that's John. Probably, probably Jan. Jan? Yeah, Jan. a lot of Dutch. Yeah, I, I noticed that in this. There, mm-hmm. I, I, there was a few things I had to look up how to pronounce. And this, <laughs> by the way, wasn't one of them, obviously, since I can't figure it out. Uh, it was originally built by merchant Jan van Riebeek. Riebeek? And he was the first commander of the Cape. So he got to, he had the title of getting to build the first fortress here. So he built it out of clay and timber, which he knew at the time was not very secure. And it was very economically friendly. So it wasn't like a a good fortress. And so he asked the rest of the uh, Dutch East India company that he worked for, if he could get the funds to rebuild it. And they 
they didn't give him an answer for several, several years. They were just like, oh, our money is more important elsewhere, so don't worry about this. It was kind this. of a backwater at that point. They hadn't quite ramped up the trade there yet, and it was I think it was really hard to sail around that cape, and so oh, it makes it yeah. seems like it was like a little jutted out space or something like that. Is that Apparently right? they're like really bad storms. So it used to be called the Cape of Storms. Oh. And then they were like, uh, fuck, nobody wants to sail here. We should probably <laughs> change that. And so wow. they changed it to Good Hope. Well, uh, of course, because you have to hope and pray that you'll get through yeah. the storm. <laughs> so eventually the Dutch East India Company said yes, that they would refund the building of uh this castle it wasn't really a castle yet it was more of like a i think they uh, one website kind of roasted the building being like we call it a permanent structure because it was there for a while but like it like no one was going there this mound of mud and of clay clay. (laughs) (laughs) it was just melting by the sea (laughs) apparently eventually when england threatened war they were like oh we need this as a fortress so yeah now we should pay to really get this thing built out of stone so uh, I guess you would know this already because you've been there, but it is Pentagon-shaped, fun fact to others. I did not know that until I looked at a picture of it, and I was like, holy shit, that's a literal Pentagon. And each of the five points are a different bastion, which I had to look up what a bastion was. Do you know what a bastion is? I, it's one of those words where like you think you know it, and you can like read it in context, but you don't actually know it. That's what happened to me because I was like, oh, yeah, five bastions. Dope. And then I I kept reading more about the bastions and I was like, what is this? Yeah, so, technically, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it was, so it's apparently an additional piece of uh, it's an it's an additional surrounding fortress. It's like a just extra protection. So on okay. each five corners, there's more of a jutted out piece of building that was, I guess, supposed to be adi- additionally strong to the rest of the building in case I don't know soldiers tried to attack or mm-hmm. bad guys show up the at least, at least the joists are solid so <laughs> okay. so it's just a stronger fortress more fortress and um they actually jut out of the five points and each of them are named after different titles that william the third had so he was also known as william the silent fun fact and he, so he was born into the house of, you know how they would say like the regal shit of like William the Third, Prince of blank, Duke yeah. of blah. Each of those locations is one of the Bastion's names. Oh, okay. So right. apparently he had even more titles than five, but they just picked five of them. So he okay. was born into the house of Nassau, which is one of them. He was okay. the Prince of Orange. He was the Count of Buren, the Count of Leardom, and the Count of... Katzelnell and Bogan. So, oh, uh, one, of the, one of those is not like the other. <laughs> I was like, can't we just call that cats or like the kitty tower or something? The old Boga Boga Boga. <laughs> the Katzelnell and Bogan. And I was like, you were already the count of so many and you just had to throw a real wrench in the... Uh, oh, that poor man God. who has to announce you by scroll has to say that every time. So, uh, anyway... So those are the five names of the towers. And then through it, which is interesting, I wonder if it has any relation to Katzelnell and Bogan, is that if you were to look at this building or this castle from an aerial view, it's basically like a Pentagon perimeter and then the rest of it is hollow on the inside. So Mm. it's not a solid Pentagon building. It's just 
the exterior walls of the Pentagon, and then inside of it is a very long, narrow building. Okay. And it connects to either side of the Pentagon. And this strip is called the Cats, or the Cat Building or something. So I wonder if there's any relationship there. Mm. Anyway, back to more of the history. In 1684, a bell tower was built, and the bell is from the 1600s. It's still there, although it has been bricked up, which we will talk about. Oh, that sounds spooky. It got bricked up because in the 1700s, a soldier or a guard who was there actually hanged himself by the bell rope. And I guess that was enough dark history for that bell, and they bricked it up. So it's Whoa, been... Whoa, that is spooky. It's been behind walls for th- over 300 years, I guess. And um, so then in the late 1800s, early 1900s, during the second Boer War... Boer? Boer? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boer. Mm-hmm. Boer War. Uh, the castle became a military fortress, but it also held a lot of prisoners of war. So this is where it gets dark. Fun fact before I get into the dark part. Uh, wow. This, by the way, is just filled with fun facts. I usually don't have this many. I love a fun fact. I'm a huge history nerd. So this I, is great. So apparently one of the prisoners of war, like the sad stories, it's probably because the conditions were so fucking terrible and he, maybe he just wanted to escape jail, but maybe it's because the conditions were horrible. But he is one of, like, the only guys I've ever heard of in history that actually, like a cartoon, dug himself out of jail with a spoon. I was like, wow. He Shawshanked himself out of there? He Shawshanked himself out. Wow. But almost, because apparently there was, like, a foot left of wall he needed to get through or, you know, a a Mm -hmm. very small portion compared to what he'd already done. And right as he was, like, I guess hitting the exterior wall, one of the stones that was holding up the wall he knocked it loose and it fell on him and crushed him. No. He was so close. Oh my God. He See, was that's so close. heartbreaking. That's tough. That's um rough. That's that's, that's uh, rough. You, you're not meant to get out of here, buddy. <laughs> that was somehow the universe saying, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he sucked. You know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't maybe. root for him. You know what? That's a really good way to look at it. Maybe we should actually yeah. be happy that happened. <laughs> right. Okay. There's so not enough info. <laughs> Not enough context for me to actually know how I feel about it. I've started happy and now I'm confused. Yeah. Okay, so the castle held prisoners of war because the castle had a lot of facilities to it, including a dungeon. And the dungeon tripled as a torture chamber and an execution mm-hmm. site with gallows. So, mm-hmm. uh, And you can tour it. Yay! Isn't that the creepiest and worst thing? Yeah. The torture chamber was apparently at the time called Donker Gat because it translates to dark hole. Oh. Yeah. And the cells were super cramped. There were no windows. So not only were you trapped down there, often they were chained to the walls, but there was no fucking light. So if you were down there for months, you got no light. Um, There was no ventilation. And the castle was so close to water, like you said, that during high tide waves, anytime they would hit the castle, I guess there were still like cracks in the foundation or something where the water that would hit the building would actually go into the house and flood the dungeon. Oh my God. And you're chained to the wall and the water is just rising. Which means a lot of people drowned. (gasps) Oh And apparently it was kind of regular. There wasn't just one instance of people drowning by the water. It was known that if the tide was 
bad enough, the dungeon would apparently fill up at three feet per minute. Oh my god, that's fast. And so if you're chained to the wall, and also it's dark, you can't even see where where the water is. You just have to feel it and just know that it's getting worse. Oh it's my god. pretty bad. Yeah. I just wouldn't, I think I, I think my body would shut down. I think my body would just be like, nope. Yeah, I wouldn't know what, I mean, what do you do? You're just like, well, this is it, you know? Terrible. So uh, they would also be punished. Uh, apparently, uh, one of the tour guides said that if you were there for anything, you would be punished. I mean, even if there was like the slightest infraction, if they thought you did something wrong, they would punish you while you were locked up there. So they would have very unnecessary punishments for maybe you didn't even do something. Maybe you didn't even do the thing that caused it. The punishments included whippings, beatings. People got pierced with a stake and dragged by horses and sometimes dismembered. Jesus Christ. I just... One source, this is just a one solid form of torture is that because it was so dark down there, if you were down there for days or weeks or whatever it was, they would then bring you upstairs blindfolded. And once you got outside, they would rip the blindfold off and force you to stare into the sun. So as I imagine you'd be blinded by doing yeah. that. I would. I, I don't know if you'd be officially permanently blinded, but you're certainly not helping your eyesight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh. know. I don't know how bad it would be, but it would feel like you were getting blinded, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, also, like, just don't want to sidestep this. I don't know all of the history for it, um, but let's not forget that early on. These were also holding cells for chiefs of indigenous people. So throw a little racism in there. Mm-hmm. And enslaved people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do want to say, too, there a lot of sources said that this building, when it was being redone for the war, eff- or for the war effort or before war actually was declared, uh, they said that it was built by soldiers and sailors but i think i think during yon's time when he built the original one out of clay and stuff yeah i i would bet enslaved people also were were doing most of the building very likely yeah so apparently i wanted to send you a picture there is the door still exists from the dungeon here the door still exists and you can still see etchings from people on there and it's really interesting. I'm texting it to you right now. Oh, okay. It's so, it's very sad. One of them says, in this place, a man has been five months and more without a crime. But from just like an interesting perspective, look at that font that someone etched. Whoa, that's fancy. It looks like Harry Potter Hogwarts writing it on does. the letter. It looks like Tom Riddle. Yeah, we'll put it on the- this. It does. We'll put it on our on our Instagram for other people to see. But it, the fact that someone was able to etch in in a font is kind that of crazy. That etching of that tortured soul in a dungeon is better than my best handwriting. Yeah. It's better it, than, like, the handwriting that I tried really hard to use for, like, my wedding thank yous. Yeah. <laughs> it it yeah. looks like, it looks like, um, like, even... I say it's a font because even like the H's have like the little yeah. shorter lines on top of the tall lines. The T like, has like little cur- like yeah. It's, it's what I would consider well un- what I would consider unnecessary etchings into each letter. But mm-hmm. like this person really took it seriously. So uh, horrible history, by the way. But I the penmanship was worth Kudos mentioning on the yeah. penmanship. 
Yeah, it was a little, I, I saw it and I double took and I was like, someone had to have taken one big stamp and branded that into the door. So, mm. but it also goes to show you if you were down there for five months, like you they had nothing the time. to do, but also it was pitch black. Like, how did you do yeah. that in pitch? Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm tangenting, but it was worth uh, mentioning. So the castle also, you, uh, after it was a military fortress, after it held prisoners of war, Probably closer to our timeline, the castle is now being used as office space for early governors. It was used as office space for the South African army at one point. Just miscellaneous government jobs. People seem to hold offices there. Mm -hmm. And there's still not a lot of history about the castle itself because new spaces are being discovered during restorations over and over again. So architects have said, like, there's a chance that, like, there are still bricked up rooms we know nothing about. Um, they're still more hidden bells, more hidden bells. They're still finding foundations to like churches and bakeries and stuff that used to be on the property. So it's, I feel like every day the history is being updated Mm -hmm. in 1936. It became a historical monument and is still, uh, quote, the best preserved example of a Dutch East India company fortress. Mm -hmm. It's now a main, mainly it's a tourist attraction. It has, uh, it gives normal history tours on it, but it also has two museums in it. One of them is the Castle Military Museum, and the other is the William Fair Collection, which uh, I guess the military museum, obviously military history of the Cape, but then the William Fair Collection is history of the people of the Cape. Okay. Very interesting. And the castle also hosts ceremonies for Cape regiments, so... It's basically an all-around military tourist attraction or history uh, tourist attraction. Marching and salute. A lot of people in uniforms and, I imagine, swords or something. So, here are the ghosts. In the dungeon and in the corridors, apparently the lights will turn on and off by themselves. I imagine the doors open and close on their own because that's just, like, textbook haunting. Part of it. And people hear voices, footsteps, murmuring, whispers, and screams. The bell that has been bricked up since the 1700s rings on its own. So we think it could be the man who died by suicide in there. The bell is really getting to me. But, like, I love it. There's, like, a cask of Amontillado thing to it. It reminds me of, like, the emo kid that sat alone at lunch. Like, there's so much to him, and yet I know nothing. Like, Mm -hmm. I... For a, for the bell to be, it was cast in 1697, mm-hmm. and for it to have only been around for a little bit of time, and then all of a sudden there's a death to it, and it's bricked up. I just see untapped potential. That it right? Was, because yeah. bells have got to be expensive. You'd think that they so could it was, melt that down and turn it into a cannonball or something. It was 660 pounds. Holy shit! How did someone lift that onto original beams, which are still there, by the way? Like, how... That's that's history right there. And the fact they just got bricked up is kind of crazy. And I feel like there's more to the history because, I, I mean, I feel like the world is pretty insensitive to suicide in general. And I feel right. like one death wouldn't have warranted I don't getting, think at the time that isn't even, like, trapped. Yeah. They didn't yeah. give a shit about human life back then. 
the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles, by the way, has had like 15 suicides. Right. And they're still running that shit, you know? Now like, it's like an Airbnb. Yeah. So now for, the, <laughs> for there to be like this like massive bell that I'm pretty sure they like had sent in and they had to have all these men work on it. And now how much money is it costing to brick the thing up? Like it doesn't, yeah. I feel like there's something going on there that's a dark and mysterious a la emo child in the, uh, the lunchroom. Absolutely. I don't. I don't know what the rest is, but... If any listeners know specifically about the bell, get at us. There's there's a mystere to it. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. liking it. There's also, uh, this is a weird one, there's a black dog that lunges at people and then vanishes into thin air. Okay. Which makes no sense to me because I, I heard no history about a black dog, but in, I guess, most lore, a black dog is an escort to hell. So usually if you see a black dog, it means, like, you are on your way to death. Okay. Amanda has a black dog. Callie Good. is not That's... a hellhound, decidedly. She's a very happy, <laughs> she's a very happy little girl. Or but... she could have she could have shown up in Amanda's life as a hellhound and was, and was turned in the right direction, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. there's also a tall, glowing man that is seen pacing uh, the ramparts of the castle and then leaping off the building. Um, and before he hits the ground, he vanishes in midair. Apparently, he was first seen in 1915, and he was seen like 30 years later in 1947 by some soldiers who were staying there. And they kept seeing this figure every three nights show up and look over, like was pacing. It would even look over the castle as if it was like gauging the fall mm-hmm. and then backing up and sprinting off of the, the castle and jumping off. And to figure out if it was a bored soldier playing a prank on everybody else. They actually had one guy mimic the actions in a sheet as a ghost. And then apparently the actual ghost did not like that. And the next time they saw him, he was hovering over them and the bells in the guard room were ringing. Oh, don't make fun of me, bitches. Yeah. Also like, don't like disrespect the way like I went out. Like don't fucking don't make, don't make a joke out of this. So, And around the guards area, not only is the bell heard, but people have heard a man and a woman arguing. And that's apparently a very common one. And I've also heard uh, that not only would you hear them arguing, but if you turn the corner to see what was going on, there would be a black mass there. Gross. In 1952, this is the most wild thing I've ever heard. There was a couple who was given permission to stay the night in the castle and they woke up in the middle of the night to a military corporal in their room running around and screaming at them to wake up. Oh, no. They, thinking it was a real person because they were, because it was like a solid man who was walking around and they, no one else ever gets to stay the night. So they thought maybe it was a guard or something. Yeah. They were, they like, were like, we have permission. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, it's okay. Uh they said, oh, why do we have to get up? What's going on? And the man turned and looked at them and said, people were rioting in the street and they need to get out. So it's like intelligently responding to them. The couple gets out of bed. They pack up all their stuff. They leave. And when they get outside to see masses of people riding in the streets, nobody is out there and the corporal has vanished. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's a no. I don't know how Kenyan. anybody. I yeah, that's a no from me, dog. I I just can't handle this stuff. No way, I'd get weight. I don't know how anyone can spend the night in a haunted anything. 
I've done it and I've regretted it. So yeah. it's there have been places I've had to leave in the middle of the night just because it was too freaky. So there, that one is particularly weird to me. It always freaks me out when people have a conversation with the dead because there's intelligent hauntings and there's residual hauntings where residual hauntings are just repeating actions. So that's why you'll see mm-hmm. someone like walking from the kitchen to the couch and then they Mm -hmm. vanish and that's all you ever see of them because they're just repeating something on loop from their past Mm -hmm. but intelligent hauntings freak me the fuck out because it's like what else can they do yeah what else can they do do they know that what do they know yeah do like do they know what era it is that i've i just did a story a couple weeks ago where there was uh it was ghosts in a hotel who were intelligently responding but also when asked what year is it they thought it was like 50 years before. So it's like only having partial knowledge of what's going on. It's very weird. It's very creepy. Mm-hmm. There's a ghost called the lady in gray who is seen running around all over the castle, crying and holding her face in tears. Um, we don't know what happened to her, but we do know in the 1940s uh, during some restorations, a female skeleton was found on the ground or found in the ground. And when they dug her up, that ghost has not been seen since. Oh, okay. So presumably she got a different burial away from that mm-hmm. place. Okay. Yep. One of the last people to see her was actually the royal family at the time who was on a tour. And I guess uh, Princess Margaret, Princess, mm-hmm. she saw her, saw this ghost apparently. She was one of many. Love that for Princess Margaret. I feel it. Like, I don't know anything about Margs, but I, I <laughs> hope... You know, she was a bit of a drama queen. So I feel like, yeah, so I feel like it's great that she spotted that. That's fun. I bet she saw like a woman crying down the hall and was like, that's where I need to be. I I want to know what's going on. So, uh, yeah, they were one of the last people to to see the ghost. Uh, My favorite character in here is uh, Lady Anne Bernard, who lived here in the late 1700s. She moved in with her husband when she was 40 and he was 28. Good lady, Anne. Good nice. lady, Anne. Love it. She loved swimming in the nude. Um, <laughs> and a- apparently she, uh, and she was also, uh, is still thanked for the fact that she documented everything in her life. She had really intense journal entries. She was a, a drawer, an artist. So she drew mm. pictures that actually have helped historians later figure out what used to be on the property during restorations. Yeah, I feel like I need to start a diary. I used to keep one when I was younger and then I just haven't in many, many years, but like, I feel any, like I need to get into it. Anytime I've left, uh, anytime I've started a diary at the end, I've been like, wow, this feels really good, but I just can't keep up with it every day. Right. But there's nothing I appreciate more than the people who were able to find time and do that. Right. The fact that like my, uh, one of my mom's exes, like when I met him, one of his, one of the coolest things about him was his mom had had this, had journaled every single day. And you could read like, oh, and I'm going down to the diner and I'm hanging out with the old gang and I drank this and I ate this. And it's like, yeah, it's damn, so cool. all the way down to what you ate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's And so, uh, and the fact that there's also drawings that were like good enough that historians use it now. Mm-hmm. And she probably just drew them for herself. It's just bananas. And so uh, she ended up helping herself out in the afterlife because she loved what was called the dolphin pool. It was the pool on the property. She loved diving in it naked. That was like her favorite thing to do. And apparently at the time... She sounds that sounds like a hoot. 
I she sounds very <laughs> cool. I'm really hoping she didn't like own enslaved people or something horrible that makes us disrespect her. Yeah. Um but from what I know, all the, uh, the only thing I found on any sources were this naked story. People love talking about this naked story where she would dive into the pool every day and I guess one of the officers was really offended by the fact that she was always naked because I guess there was a difference between the woman here versus like the Victorian women in England and like one was very posh and others loved being naked. I saw in one source at one point there was a trend where people wore ball gowns that exposed their breasts. Oh, did you in South Africa specifically or just in the time period? I think in the time period. I don't know of the location, but I do want to deep dive that eventually. I mean, there are uh, a lot of like portraits and I don't know from what era, but there are a lot of like portraits and galleries. But I think it's from like the 16th century, maybe where there's like one one titty out. <laughs> well, look, if you uh, needed something to really distract yourself with all day, everyone, let's all do a, a weird Google search where one we hook up. One titty out history. <laughs> <laughs> the CEO at Google is going to be like, why is everyone looking this up? We get it trending on tw- on Twitter. <laughs> One day out history. I, uh, apparently some people were from the other region where they knew of like more posh women where they, they wouldn't be nude all the time or they wouldn't be so proud of it. And so he actually demanded that people build in a staircase for her for in the pool so that way she had to walk into the pool instead of dive into it that way she wasn't just like unladylike flailing around in the sky before she hit the water mind your own goddamn business man i know i like you can't you've got a castle to watch you can't do anything else with your time so uh apparently she loved this pool wrote about it drew about it and at one point it went away but when they were Looking up during restorations, when they were digging up the ground, they found the foundations of the original pool and were able to look at her pictures and find out what it looked like, and they have now restored it. And ever since, people see her ghost at the pool. Naked, I don't know, but That's they at awesome. least see her there. Uh, I want a skinny dip for all eternity. That sounds fun. <laughs> and when you uh, finally clothe yourself, make sure it, it, there's no top to it. No top no to the dress. Titties out. I mean, I already hate wearing bras, so... She uh, apparently also, um, she was a huge socialite. She loved entertaining guests. And so uh, now when there are important people visiting the castle, her ghost is more likely to be seen. And she's usually seen in a big ball gown in the area that she actually converted into a ballroom. Cool. Yeah. So that's Lady Anne Bernard. Also, if you live in the area and her drawings are of interest to you, some of them are on display at the Vineyard Hotel, which, by the way, the Vineyard Hotel, after she lived in the castle, because she was like the colony's like first lady or something, so that's Mm -hmm. why she lived there, but then eventually had to move out. Oh, eventually she moved to where the Vineyard Hotel is now, so it's sitting on the her old property. Okay. So I, I guess that's why they let her drawings now stay there. So it's still technically with her. And one of her drawings, by the way, or one of her uh, paintings that she had was of peacocks. And it was uh, for a long time over the mantle in the castle uh, above the fireplace. And they say it's allegedly cursed that if anyone were to move it, you would die. And they think it's because I guess peacocks are a symbol of danger, which is interesting. Uh, because they are symbols of the goddess Juno, uh, which I guess if you like 
fuck with her, you die. Like, do you, there's no way. I, she seems like a really dangerous person to piss off. Peacocks um, are pretty intense when you, like, see them in person. So there's, where was it? It must have been, like, I don't know where the location. We were on tour, and we went to an area. I think it was Maine or Vermont. Someone had a a public peacock petting zoo where they were not behind fences or anything. You would just walk into this area and there were just peacocks available just like just rubbing up on your leg and like you can feed them if you want it was the scariest decision I'd ever made for myself because I was like at any moment no one's even gonna help me because I walked onto their turf so it was uh, uh, getting so close to one I decided they freak me out but I had to find out once I was there ostriches are also really freaky and there are a lot of like ostrich farms in South Africa and one time, Zach and I, like, planned an entire road trip where one of the full stops, we were supposed to stop for two nights in this little town in the middle of nowhere that's the ostrich capital of the world. And you can, like, visit the farms and all this shit. What? And then we got there, and, uh-huh. like, we saw a bunch of ostriches <laughs> just from the car. And we were like, oh, they're really <laughs> big and scary and really gross. And they, like peck at each other and so they're all missing like tufts of feathers and like oh we just so were like no no <laughs> and we didn't go like to a single one if they've already got like battle scars maybe just like don't come they already have some trauma that you don't need to get face to face with them to find yeah. out about they're yeah. huge we got the fuck out of there how big are they they're really big they're way taller than a human ugh well, that's all I need. If it, as yeah. long as it, if it's bigger than me, I'm out. So yeah, it can be good. ten feet or a hundred feet. I'm I'm equally disinterested. And like you can't because they're like essentially dinosaur aliens. So like you can't like gauge <laughs> what they're thinking at all. You oh, know, like they just they just snap at any minute. Yeah, you can, you look at them and you don't know from their eyes what their plan is. There's some TikToker who's gotten kind of famous where I think she runs an ostrich farm and there's one literally named Karen. There's an ostrich named Karen <laughs> who's like a real piece of work. And I guess anytime they're they're filming, you can see like Karen behind the girl and Karen will bull rush her. And yeah. I don't know what kind of confidence this trainer or this uh, this animal owner has, but she'll just like get in Karen's face and be like, the fuck up and then Karen listens <laughs> but like Karen would not listen me. to me let no, me tell Karen you would be like who do you think you are on mm-hmm. my grounds absolutely not anyway every time I see that I feel like the videos are supposed to make me laugh but instead I just go <gasps> like I'm I feel yeah. like I'm about to witness a murder <laughs> you know? yeah so. they're really scary and aggressive no thanks yeah so apparently these peacocks uh in the painting are are it's a cursed picture and so they the one lore is that if you touch it, you will at least be harmed or you will die. Another lore is that the reason it's cursed is because this painting is actually hiding a treasure behind it. Um, another is that there's a secret passageway to the bowels of the castle behind this painting. Huh. Interesting. I would like it to be all three. Yeah. So. Uh, then there's probably one of the more famous ghosts. There's the ghost of Governor Peter uh Gitzbert Van Noot. <laughs> that is crazy. Sounds good crazy, to me. <laughs> crazy name. There's no uh, way to Newt. <laughs> and uh, apparently nobody liked him. He's a real piece of shit governor and uh, very militant. And in 1728 or 1729, I saw different 
sources for that. Um, he sentenced seven men to death and uh, at the castle. And I think he even like refused their final wishes. And right before he was killed, one of the prisoners cursed him. And later that exact day that he was cursed, the government was allegedly found in his office dead of a heart attack. Oh, um, quick work. And so quick work, like got the job done. And he was apparently found slumped over in his office chair. And that chair is now on display at the Koopman's DeWet Museum. So okay. turns out yeah. there are a lot of museums in Cape Town that I did not know about. <laughs> turns out there's a lot of museums with ghost related yeah. items. If you see a, if you, if you're at a museum and you happen to see a chair behind glass, just assume it's haunted. Right. Um, there's also speaking of chairs that are haunted at museums, the Zach Bagans museum has a chair that they used to let people sit in. And then so many people needed uh, corrective back surgery afterwards that they ended up having to like shut down the entire exhibit. Don't here as somebody with chronic back pain, do not fuck with your back. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. Don't sit in a haunted, haunted chair. Don't go fucking skydiving or bungee jumping. Don't do it. I don't even do anything. And I've thrown my back out so many yeah. times. It, mm-hmm. And it's the worst. You don't realize how. The pain is ungodly. Ungo- it's such a stupid thing to say, but you never realize how important your back is until you mm-hmm. can't use it. And like there was one time, I don't even remember what happened. It was at Christine's house and it was really bad. And I ended up going to. Uh, a specialist for it and they told me I had I forget what the word is it was like I splintered or I fractured my vertebrae like a disc like I'd like herniated a disc no that's what I assumed it was but Mm. he said something that like I fractured it wasn't a fracture in my spine it was something like equally scary sounding yeah and there was nothing I could do except wait it out and I had to get like a doctor's note I couldn't work for like two months it was like and because there were there would be moments where I was sitting up and all of a sudden my spine would just give the fuck out and all of a sudden I'd like fall over and there yeah. was no rhyme or reason to it. It would just be it wasn't weak enough to hold up my body and I would just fall. And the and the pain, oh my God. Backs yeah. I'll You don't want to fuck with backs. Mm-mm. The second you throw out your back once, you appreciate your back for the rest of time. It, yep. It's just, there's nothing like it. There's Especially when, like you, it. when you throw out your back and you sneeze. Good night. Oh, my God. Good night. That, Take me out. I, had, I threw it out so bad once that um, I, we lived on a third floor apartment building, and I couldn't get down the stairs to oh, get no. to the ER or urgent care or something or the doctor to even like get medicine yeah. to treat it. So for three days, I was just in my apartment, totally stranded. And Zach had, I couldn't sit on the toilet because mm. sitting is, is so painful. Mm-hmm. And so I, Zach had to like hold a cup for me while I like. I believe it. Whatever. Went, did my business. Went. Yeah. went uh, yeah. Well, like essentially, basically make a bedpan for me. It was fucking horrible. I believe it. There's There's truly nothing like. I mean, go figure. It's your literal fucking spine. Like I, but like I know we're I know we're saying obvious Doctors things here. Are like, yeah. <laughs> I I've been there were times. I mean, I there was one time I really fucked up my back when I Christine and I have mentioned it on the show a few times. But when like what, one of Christine's earliest memories of me is when we first moved out to Los Angeles. 
I, in the same week, I had broken up with my long-term girlfriend. Uh, I had salmonella, and I had gotten in three car accidents what all in the, the same fuck? week. Were you driving? I was driving. One of them was my fault. Two of them, it's just L.A., and I was new to the city, so I didn't know how stupid people drive. And so I got, like, hit from the back and pushed into another car. Someone sideswiped me. Jesus. But my the amount of whiplash I had was so bad. And I couldn't even, first of all, with a bad back, couldn't climb into the car to go to a chiropractor. But also I couldn't get in the car because the door had been torn off. So, like, I, like... (laughs) Like, there was nothing just, I could you're do. You're just... It was also when I was working at The Price is Right, so I distinctly remember Drew Carey watching me with, a, like, a broken back in my broken car trying to get out for my free $0 internship to work for him. And, and was Drew was, Carey like, here's a patio set? He gave me a glow-in-the-dark <laughs> toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this will help. <laughs> Anyway, back stuff stuff is not good, folks. Yeah. Um, So anyway, he, that all came from the fact that like his haunted chair is at a museum. So people can still feel his presence. Apparently it's super dark. It's super intimidating. And they can hear him cussing from his old office. And uh, one source said that he likes, his ghost likes to tear out plaster from the ceiling, which is so specific. That would be me as a ghost, just, like, sitting alone, cussing, and, like, picking at stuff. Like, I just always, like, I'm always doing something. Like, it's like, everyone else is renovating the place. I might as well contribute. Yeah. Like, just oh, yeah. rip Home the place decor apart. and swearing and bad I, backs. I do think if I, if I were to fall over tonight and people saw my ghost tomorrow, I would still be in the middle of like a midnight crazed project that makes no sense to anyone else. <laughs> I just did something, well, just, when people hear this, it was months ago, but for Allison's birthday, I made her a glowing, I made her a, like a big, like four foot by four foot, um, the number 30 out of poster board, but I also like did a bunch of fairy lights in it. And I, it looks like a 3d. It doesn't look like it's made out of paper. It looks pretty cool. And for making it in the middle of the night, I'm pretty proud of it. But as I was making it, I was like, I feel like buddy, the elf, when (laughs) just in the middle of the night, he just like made a rocking horse because he couldn't go to bed. And I'm like, I feel like that's just perfect. (laughs) That's very apt. It's like the the perfect, uh, (laughs) like description of like ADHD is like if someone were to walk into the room in the middle of the night and be like, what are you doing? Whatever I had to say would not give it logic. I'd be like, I'm making a 30 out of posters. You'll understand later. Like it's going to look really cool. (laughs) It's just crazed, just crazed. So anyway, uh, that would probably be me. I understand his tearing up plaster. Maybe he just has trouble sleeping at night. He also haunts a nearby house called the Rustenvoogd, which uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but apparently it's the most haunted house in South Africa. And I found that out after I did all these notes. So I was like, motherfucker. So um, <laughs> apparently there is, there's a legend that there's a secret passageway between that building and the castle itself. And so Whoa. people regularly have seen ghosts from that I've been mentioning in this story. They are all also seen at the Rustenvoogds. So that's why they think there must be a secret passageway and the ghosts are traveling through the tunnels between each building. Or maybe it's just Um, a spectral tunnel. 
Oh, I like how you said that. I love a good <laughs> spectral tunnel. Apparently, also fun fact, if you care about the Penkridge Parish Church, the Iron Gates from there were originally from Rustenburg. So, okay. uh, people uh, that guard the building at night and have to do like the graveyard shift are fucking terrified of the castle. They avoid walking through the halls. They just walk the perimeter, which feels like you're half-assing the job as a guard because now I know... In an Ocean's Eleven heist, I right. can just break into the halls and no one will find me. Right. It feels like you shouldn't let people know that, even if that is the case, but okay. Yeah, it's like, just pretend you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. One of the guards named Guard Frederick says that he hated the graveyard shift because of creepy stuff that would happen there. Apparently, near the dungeon, people hear screams for help. People feel cold spots, and they sense a dark force luring them into the area, and that's particularly why they hate the dungeon, because they don't they feel like they're getting dragged in. Oh, I don't want to be lured into no. the dungeon. No, no. At all. Uh, there's another guard named Guard Franz, who once walked into a room, and on the other end of the room saw a black shadow figure waving at him. No. That's, uh, that's a lot like the, the guy screaming at them to get up. It's like, I don't want you to feel so confident that you can, that you're openly telling me you see me like I see you, you know? If you had to pick to be haunted by one of the ghosts that we, one of the aforementioned ghosts, which one would you pick? Hmm, the one that tears up plaster, maybe. Or, plaster guy? Uh, a plaster guy or maybe the bell ringing. I can I can be fine with the bell. Um mm. I'm not loving any of these confident, waving, waking you up at night. Fuck that. Like, I need sleep. Um, I kind of like the corporal. I'm going to be honest. Really? I kind of like the delusion of, like, there are riots in the street, and it brings you back to, like, such a specific time period. I kind of <laughs> dig it. You know, actually, what I would do, I like the um, the Lady Anne Bernard, the, the naked lady. Oh, in the yeah, yeah. Of course. How she could seems we like forget? a blast. She right. seems like a blast. Uh, there was another, there was a story I recently did, of, uh, I think of the same hotel I mentioned earlier. There was a, a ghost who came through during a seance who, her name was Catherine, and she was just looking for someone to party with. And I was like, that's the kind of ghost nice. I need. Yeah. She apparently pointed at someone at the seance and went, you look like you know how to have a good time. And then just like faded away. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the, one of the original or one of the former caretakers of the building says uh, that he has, quote, felt a heaviness on my chest and my body felt as if it was tied up. I couldn't move and eventually I struggled free, kicking and screaming and ran out of the room. I stayed awake until sunrise. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, no, no. no. And then finally, there is an education officer, which I don't know what that means, but uh, he says, quote, there is definitely a presence. You are definitely not alone. You are being watched. Maybe like a Mm -hmm. tour guide. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's, yeah. Like, pick your own title. And it was just fancy tour guide. Um, So now I'm just going to end on this uh, last piece where I think it's very sweet and very important that the current CEO named Calvin Gilfellen the uh, the CEO of the castle. He's doing his best to better respect and represent the people of the Cape that in this history were harmed by colonizers in the castle's history. And so he took down all of the pictures of the former commanding officers who did wrong by others in history, and he replaced them with more accurate historical figures of South Africa. This is a quote from uh, Gilfellen. Oh, here it is. 
If you look at the main courtyard, you'll see that there are four statues in front of the space, which arguably symbolizes the strength of colonial power. What we've selected to do is counter the power represented in that space, and we've put up statues of four prominent figures who fought colonial rule. Mm -hmm. The four that have been chosen... Um, I tried looking up pronunciations online and some of them I just was not finding. So I am so sorry if I mispronounce these. Um, but the four that were chosen, they were each leaders of different communities. So there was mm -hmm. one Koi Koi leader, yep. one Zulu leader, mm -hmm. one uh, Halubi leader, and one Petty leader. Okay. Okay. Yep. So a lot of those are like, yeah, still um, ethnic groups within South Africa and each have their own languages and, and own history and interesting alliances and cultures. Yeah. Very interesting. So I think the, the Koi, the Koi Koi chief that was select or the Koi Koi leader that was selected was a chief named Domon or Domin who led the first war of independence by indigenous folks in South Africa. There, another one was the Zulu King named Setshweo who was a prisoner at the castle after his men died fighting the British. Uh, the Halubi one is the chief named Longolobalele, and uh, he was forced into war by white colonizers. And then the fourth one was for Petty, which was the king named Sukukun. And he was also a prisoner there and forced into war by white colonizers. So they're they're doing their best to better represent the castle's history and giving them their space. And yeah, I just think that's super important. I so, love that. Way to go um, to that CEO. And that is the story of the Castle of Good Hope. Wow. I learned so much. Thank wow. you. You're welcome. I'm sorry. That was a little longer than I expected, but no, we good. had some good tangents there talking we about did. our backs. <laughs> You know. We're so old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me and another thing about backs. No. Oh my God, so good. If thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water, you need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. And make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside, a list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that maybe everybody eats this but i always make toast with avocado and then i put scrambled eggs on top and i put salsa i can't eat it without salsa and the green mountain gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to i mean any meal if you're me but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation visit greenmountaingringo.com and start shopping use the store locator to find green mountain gringo products get inspiration for recipes and purchase products using promo code podcast 24 for 20 percent off that's promo code podcast 24 and don't forget to check out their backside <laughs>
Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and... Uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. All right. Well, that was awesome. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. And also thank you for preparing a story too. I I know I, I asked you guys too, but honestly, if you said, fuck you, we're already like coming on to listen to your story, I would have been like, I totally get it. So it's nice that you went out of your way and are sacrificing material to bring onto our show because I well, know the fear of that. I'm happy to do it and uh, came across this story recently and I never heard about it. And it is a really good fit, I think, for, and that's why we drink. So I was excited Ooh. to cover it. So should we, should I launch right into it? Sure, yeah. Okay. So I decided to go big or go home for this episode. And like I said, really tried to embody the spirit of your show. And so my case combines true crime and the paranormal. Shut up. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. And there's actually randomly, because we didn't like, talk about what cases we were going to cover before this, but there's like a weird amount of overlap between the case what? that you covered today and my case. Yeah. No way. Is it about haunted backs or bells? Which one is it? <laughs> no bells, but it's like a haunted old timey jail. <gasps> Fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So I will be covering the old Charleston jail and one of its most infamous inhabitants, Lavinia Fisher. Who some oh, believe, okay, great. Have you have you covered this? No, right? I I don't think I've covered it, but I do know Lavinia Fisher. I watched the Ghost Adventures episode on this for sure. Okay, okay. So some believe that Lavinia was America's first female serial killer. Hashtag probably not, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. So um, I recently visited Charleston with. Zach uh, on vacation like two weeks ago and we took a tour that featured like the outside of the old Charleston jail because right now it's it's closed and they're probably going to be converting it into office space oh okay cool but whatever it's a crazy old building uh I have a bunch of photos but it might be easier if you just do a quick googs to see the outside of the building love a good googs okay Old Charleston Jail. Yep. Oh, wow, that is foreboding. Right? Okay. Yowza. Wow, every picture is worse than the last. That's pretty grim. Okay. It's really grim and scary. So. <laughs> They're not even trying to hide it. That's going to be office space? Can you imagine like, bringing, I know. bringing your spouse lunch at that building? Oh, no, God. and we will get to it, and it's just a crazy use for that building. 
but okay. I don't know. So the old Charleston jail is considered to be one of the most haunted sites in North America, which I think is the sentence that every single haunted place Yes, uses. that's why that's why I always say either allegedly or I quote it because I'm like, who the fuck knows at this point what actually is the most right. haunted, you know? It is believed to be plagued by the ghosts of the many, many inmates who perished there. Mm. The plot of land where the jail would eventually be built was originally parceled out and set aside for public use by city planners in 1680. And for over 120 years, the site served various purposes, including a hospital, a poorhouse, and a workhouse for enslaved people. Mm. It wasn't until 1802 that the actual jail building that still stands today was erected. And like we said, the architecture is quite imposing, and it kind of somewhat resembles a medieval castle, don't you think? It still does. It still kind of looks like that. Right? And it has, yeah. like, an arched facade over the front door and then lots of, like, small barred windows. Yeah, it seems somehow, I mean, I'm just, I'm still looking at the Google image of the front of it, but it seems very ornate for today's architecture. It's, right. It definitely stands out. Yeah. So the large four-story stone building towered over most of the other structures of the period, and it also featured two um, octagonal towers at the front. So later on, the building would be expanded with a new Romanesque revival wing added in the back in order to house more sad souls within its walls. Conveniently located in the backyard of the prison was the city's gallows. Oh boy, okay. So just, they could just immediately be sentenced to death right in their own backyard. Yep. Uh, And these remained standing until well into the 20th century when First, some people tried to, like, take it down because it was falling down. And then the city was like, no, that's history. You can't remove that. Okay. And so they had to leave up what remained of the gallows into, like, I think the 1950s. Jeez Louise. And then a hurricane finally blew the thing down. Oh, okay. That was God. That was was like, (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah. And then on the other side of the backyard, within full view of the gallows, like of the hangman's rope, stood an orphanage. What? So like literally the backyard of the orphanage abuts the backyard of the prison. And like windows from the orphanage looked out directly onto the fucking gallows where people were being hung. Oh my God. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, and at, and they were like both active buildings at the same time. So children definitely like saw that for decades. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because I think about all the times I was not paying attention in class and just staring out the window. Can you imagine that that's what you have to fucking look at? Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. actually, um, some say that this was done on purpose in order to scare straight <gasps> these children. You know, I feel like for that time period, it was perfect, like perfect planning in terms of like child development. It was like, that's, this is the latest and greatest thing we've ever fucking done to make sure children are stable and not at all unhinged when they get older. Let's just compound their trauma. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I feel like for the time someone could have uh, like pitched that idea and they'd be like, you know what? Why hasn't anyone thought of that before? Genius. But, well, literally, they were like, well, this is great. They're going to learn to not become criminals. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's definitely not how that works. But okay, that's fine. 
Nice try. <laughs> so yeah. Call Freud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not their fault that they're orphans. Right. Anyway. Oh my God. I totally forgot that they were also orphans. Wow. Yeah. So it's just. It's rough. Yeah. It's all bad. Okay. Yeah. They have no one. They don't even have parents to like talk to about it in the later. Nope. Nope. It's real bad. Wow. So the old jail operated from, I saw 1802, I saw 1803, whatever, until 1939 when it was shut down for its inhumane and unsanitary conditions. And so you wow. so know it's bad. Like 140 years of them keeping it open, though, despite the inhumane conditions, means that there's 140 years of people that were certainly suffering. Oh, we will get to it, the conditions. And yeah, imagine how bad it had to have been for a jail in the Deep South in the 1930s to get shut down because of the conditions. Yeah, it had to have been... I can't even think of the how bad the conditions had to have been. Right. I'm trying to think of like the worst thing that could have happened. I'm I'm sure it's actually worse than that. So. Yeah. So it is estimated that over its 137 year history, between 10 and 20 thousand prisoners <clears throat> died in the jail. 10 to 20 thousand? Absolutely not. That's mm-hmm. horrific. And Most- 100 100. 40 years that feels like a massive percentage of the inmates i feel like twenty thousand oh, yeah. is like the number of inmates i would think were there for 140 years right. and it feels like it sounds like almost all of them died yes yes wow wow so okay. mostly like the vast majority died due to disease and malnutrition not due okay. to like being executed some also due to, like, violence amongst the inmates who were, like, struggling to survive. And it's, like, squalid and, like, cutthroat. And, you know, there's, like, one very, like, Dickensian, like, one fucking slice of bread and then people fighting over it. Oh, okay. Very Got scary. It. Yeah. So the few who actually made it to their execution dates were either, like, the lucky ones who, who got an execution date pretty quickly and they didn't have to be in the jail for that long and then they... Yeah, and like, how sad is sooner? it that that makes? How sad is it that that makes you lucky? Because at least you're put out of the misery, right? Or these were definitely like the strongest and healthiest of the bunch. The fact that they were able to survive in the jail long enough to make it to their execution date. Usually, right. they'd be sentenced, but they'd die away before. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Holy crap! How many people do we know? How many people actually were executed on the property? I couldn't find that number, but I'm okay. probably historians somewhere have estimates, Okay, but I didn't read that anywhere. So overcrowding uh, was one of the biggest issues at the facility, which was originally built to house 130 prisoners. Okay. I feel like the number's about to like triple itself or something. But often had three or four times that many at any <gasps> one time. And also they're dying so quickly. So they're like rapidly cycling through. Oh, yeah. Well, there, it seems like there's always a vacancy, even though it's like beyond overstocked with people. Right. Like, wow. Okay. Right. And it's not like they had beds or anything, you know, like it's just. Throw them in. Yeah. Ugh, okay. So prisoners were organized according to the severity of their alleged crimes with the most violent offenders kept on the highest floor because that was considered to be the most difficult area to attempt to escape from. Okay. On the second floor were petty criminals such as debtors or sex workers, 
And then on the ground floor were wealthy or white collar so-called gentlemen prisoners. Okay. But ironically, the hardened criminals on the top floor definitely had like comparatively the easiest living conditions because they had like fresher air up there. They could like catch a breeze. Oh, okay. And also because of like the design of the building and the total lack of sanitation, a lot of like sewage and other detritus Uh was just seeping through those wooden floors onto the floors below and like the prisoners in floors below. So they were just like sleeping in in sewage. And also it was Mm -hmm. like, also like what's the the deep South. So it's like hot and muggy and mosquitoes, malaria. I'm sure there's no ventilation. So they're just breathing in hot air and poo. They're they're cooking in, in poo. Jeez. Okay. So yeah, you kind of just hope that you're a hardened criminal and if you're being categorized out of those. Right. And allegedly some people on the lower floor would try to kill a fellow prisoner to be moved to the top floor. Oh, I mean, I don't blame them, which is a fucked up thing to say, but like if that's, if the mentality of the time is. I'm not getting out of here. Yeah. Like. I mean, it's horrible, and I don't condone murder, but also, like, I understand the, the Being the brought to that point by these horrible conditions. Yes, basically. exactly. Yeah. So the ground floor prisoners were much more likely to catch diseases like cholera or dysentery, and then parts of the ground floor also had dirt floors or, like, patches of dirt floor. And mm. so prisoners were more likely to catch worms or other parasites from, like, walking around barefoot. Oh, my God. It was bad. You didn't want to be on the ground floor. Wow. I wonder, I'm, I'm, I doubt this f- number even exists, but, but it would be interesting if you could see the percentages of death per floor. Also, just like the smell must have been unimaginable. I just can't even fucking imagine how horrible it would be. I, yeah. And also to be overcrowded by so many people and I... So it sounds wow. like there wasn't, there wasn't like, phys- a lot of physical torture necessarily because like the jailers didn't want to even go near the prisoners. Sure, just the conditions were so. It was horrible. just the conditions were so horrible that that and was I, torture enough. This feels like a jail that probably doesn't have like sanitation under control with like plumbing or like yeah i feel like they're not washing their hands i mean they've got parasites on their feet and they're swimming in oh blue, it's just like... buckets and floor and holy it's shit just... yeah it's crazy wow so no wonder this place is haunted there's just thousands upon thousands of pissed off ghosts yeah okay horrifyingly not only were convicted criminals housed in the jail which still wouldn't be okay but you know, that's what you think of when you think of, like, a prison is, like, people who have been convicted of crimes and they're awaiting their their sentences or yeah. their sentences are being carried out. But along with those, there are also those awaiting trial who had been denied bail. So, you know, technically still innocent, innocent until proven guilty. Right. They were just thrown right in there at the same time. And also, key witnesses to crimes that the authorities wanted to keep an eye on before trial so they wouldn't disappear so that they could be compelled to testify that made witnesses stay there. Fuck that. Fuck that. Oh, my God. Also, so wait, so if witnesses stayed there and then 
couldn't they have left and complained out like to the to the s- small government or something and been like, hey, why are these conditions so horrible? I mean, I think people knew. They just didn't care. Right. Wow. Yeah, I would bet. I mean, talk about an incentive to not testify. Right. Are you kidding me? Of course. Wouldn't you just be like, I didn't see shit. Yeah, I know nothing. I see nothing. I found nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So the old jail housed a vast array of prisoners in its time, including enslaved people who had attempted to escape or revolt against their enslavers. And the most famous of, of these was a formerly enslaved and later free carpenter named Denmark Vesey. So definitely check him out. He's a very interesting character. Oh, okay. Denmark Vesey. Mm-hmm. Um, also Civil War Union prisoners of war and also Confederate deserters mm. and even pirates. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just the whole gang's here. Just, just, just a anybody. Island of misfits. Okay. Wow. So we don't have time to get into all those interesting cases and all the prisoners and the hauntings. So I want to focus on one in particular. Mm -hmm. Miss Lavinia. Miss Lavinia. I love her story. She's so fun. Oh, okay. Well, chime in because you probably know more about it than I do. I only know the ghost adventures. I only remember the ghost adventures information where she showed up uh, as a spectrum, as a spectral figure to Zach Bagan. So... Well, there you go. So that's the part that I, I got into like her story, but I didn't get into like the alleged specifics of the hauntings because I don't know about that stuff as much. So sure. Sure. Okay. I know that she's been supposedly like spotted wandering the halls of the jail in a long white dress, but a long white dress is not period appropriate from when she was there. So Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And also, I will tell you, after doing like 250 episodes, every fucking building has a woman in a white dress or a red dress. It's always white or red. I don't know right? why. So yeah. it could be anyone. It could be the same ghost for, at every other location I've mm-hmm. ever covered. Just make it a pit stop for the year. Right. She gets around. She gets around. So Lavinia Fisher, Fisher's her married name. We don't know her maiden name was born in 1793, which was actually the same year that the cotton gin was invented and then enslavement, like, really took off in the South. Neither oh. here nor there. Okay. The first the first half of that, I almost went, fun! And then you brought <laughs> up enslaved people. So well, here's mind. the thing. The way we were taught history, we're taught that, like, the cotton gin is, like, one of the best inventions and it's such a good thing. But actually... The invention of the cotton gin led to cotton becoming a huge industry, led to an increase in enslavement. Oh. I don't Which know why that, I, that would have never... We, why that, I never was, put that together a, either. How as a nation did none of us have that click on its own? Right? I thought it was the opposite. I thought, oh, they invented the cotton gin and like it took and then fewer it, people. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, oh, it was like... Now we didn't have to worry about enslaving people because there was a machine that could handle cotton. Okay. No. Opposite. Isn't that wild? Ugh. Wow. That's a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's taught. It's definitely taught poorly in our schools. Anyway. Okay. So we know she lived most, if not all, of her life in the Charleston, South Carolina area, but very little else is known about her early years or upbringing. She was known to be, quote, strikingly beautiful. 
Okay. Uh, and there are many posthumous portraits of her that have been painted, although their accuracy is impossible to assess. Mm-hmm. At some point, she met and married John Fisher, and the couple went on to own and operate two roadside inns, the Five Mile Wayfarer House and later the Six Mile Wayfarer House. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Each was named thus due to its respective distance outside of Charleston, making them ideal spots for travelers to stop over on their way into the city. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And at this point in time, Charleston was one of the largest cities in the U.S., and it was one of the biggest hubs for the transatlantic slave trade. So it was like, it was popping. Got it. Okay. So there are presumably lots of anonymous business travelers, lots of people coming and going, lots of money changing hands. People coming into the town would presumably have a lot of cash on them if they were going to, you know, buy enslaved people or do other kinds of trade. So, yeah, we've got like an H.H. Holmes almost thing going on, right? I see, I see. So then travelers started to go missing and wild rumors began to spread. As one story goes, the stunning Lavinia would entice lone travelers to the inn, question them about their business, so like try to figure out if they had money. How much money they had, okay. Right? And their family. Oh, so like, if anyone knew where they were, if any, is anyone looking for you? Right? Would, would anybody notice if you went missing? Mm-hmm. Or know where you went missing? Before plying the poor fool with a special tea concoction that would cause them to sleep soundly for several hours. Ooh, okay, okay. I think I, I think I know what happens next, but I want to hear you say it. So during this time, John and Lavinia would rob them, and then, as one more fantastic story goes, pull a lever. This is a yes. That would cause the floor under the bed to open up, and then they would drop down onto like a, in, be like impaled on a uh-huh. pit of stakes and spikes. Yeah. That's not, there's no fucking way that that happens. I don't, though I like to believe that one just for its fantastical features, but uh, I feel like that would, how would you get away with building that? How would you, you know what I mean? It's expensive to build. Beds are expensive. How many beds are you going through? You're going to have a new bed every time? Uh, maybe I imagine that the bed is like actually like drilled into the floor or something, so it stays and then it's, with the floor, and you slide out of the bed. Oh, oh, oh! Like a tilt slide, like a like Wallace a, and Gromit. Yes, you get it. Or maybe like the bed like falls through in the middle, so you just like drop right. you. Like maybe the bed itself is the trap door, and you just and there's through. not like a mattress. There's like hay or something. Is something's happening? I don't know. I don't. I honestly have never built a murder trap door before, so I don't know the ins and outs of it, but maybe we should ask Amanda. I feel, like she, would, <laughs> I feel like she would know. She doesn't have, like, an engineering brain, but she could come up with some some ideas, think, for sure. I think she, she definitely has the chutzpah. She's got yeah. the moxie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so this part of the story I think is almost certainly made up. And it's much more likely that if anyone was actually killed by the couple, they did so just because, like, the person was sleeping and they just, like, you know, sure, stabbed them or whatever, killed them somehow. 
a, a, a less difficult, complex way, yeah. Right, just like a little simpler way to kill <laughs> travelers. So what is known, and there were like references to this in newspaper articles from the time period, mm-hmm. is that John and Lavinia Fisher were in cahoots with a larger gang of highwaymen, mm-hmm. and they would like help identify easy targets for their robberies or muggings and like pass on information to the highwaymen who would do more of the robbery. Gotcha. And then the inn also was like a good hideout for the outlaws. You know, if they were, if like the heat was on them or whatever. Gotcha. And by February, 1819 folks in the area had had enough. So after numerous complaints made to the local sheriff about guests disappearing at the Six Mile Wayfarer house were ignored or they were dropped due to lack of evidence, Mm -hmm. a band of local townsfolk turned vigilante and they went after the Fishers. Oh, okay. I didn't read much about the attack itself by the vigilantes, but they, like, I don't know if they fucked up the inn or they just roughed roughed them up a little bit. They didn't kill them, but they roughed them up. Okay. After the attack, the vigilante group assigned one guy, David Ross, to remain near the inn to stand watch until morning, presumably when, like, they would get more help or, like, police would come or something. Sure. Okay. Not a fun job to be At the, all. The, the lone vigilante right. standing. Right. Can you imagine? The vigilanto. Like, <laughs> All the, vig- all the vigilantes are like, okay, we got to get home for dinner, but yeah. you stand guard. Like, I feel like he was the one that, like, wasn't married with kids. Yes. And they were like, oh. this is your task now. A thousand percent, because every report is like, young David Ross. Right. <laughs> young spinster David, yes. <laughs> Poor guy. So anyway, during the night, two of the highwaymen gang members counterattacked. And Ross would later claim that Lavinia was among them, and he saw her and was like, oh, woman, she's going to help me, or, like, tried to, like, appeal to her womanly empathy. But Mm. she just viciously joined in the violence and, like, choked him and smashed his head through a window. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, duh. Like, at the same, like, if this woman He had done after her. Yeah, and also if this woman is actually killing people, like, how, why on earth do you think she wouldn't kill you? Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, it's like me standing guard in front of, like, Jeffrey Dahmer's house for a night. It's like, what do I think is going to happen? Like, right. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to be alive by the next day, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow David Ross managed to get away. I don't know how because he was super outnumbered. Um, and told the authorities about his ordeal, but not before another unsuspecting visitor came to the Fisher's door, mm. a man named John Peoples, P-E-E-P-L-E-S. Okay. Peoples. Little peepers. Little peepers. <laughs> so according to legend, uh, Peoples was not fond of tea. Oh, but not wishing to be rude and refuse it when the innkeeper's wife so kindly offered him some, he instead dumped the tea surreptitiously when Lavinia wasn't looking. 
and didn't Interesting. drink it. Interesting. So he ended up not getting drugged. I see. Not, I see. Didn't, didn't get drowsy, wasn't roofied. So Peoples managed to pick up on Lavinia's sketchiness when she was chatting with him about his business. And, like, presumably, you know, the other people would already be kind of looped. Right. And would tell her more. Right. And this guy was like, why are you asking me so many questions? Yeah. Yeah. Finally, someone a little more reserved had their, whereas was on high alert. <laughs> being like, don't ask me about that. Yeah. Like, it's kind of none of your business. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of got wise to this, but also it's like the middle of the night. He's miles from the city. He can't just like leave. I'm assuming, you know, he's either waiting for like a stagecoach or like his right. horse needs to be watered and rested. Whatever the version of like, like meeting somebody like, like, yeah, when I think of his like a Tesla stage. Tesla had to recharge. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when I think of like the stagecoach coming in the morning, you can't just text your stagecoach and be like, never mind, meet me somewhere else, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So he's like, okay, like, she's creepy. This is weird. I got to make it through the night. So he chose, he went up to his room, pretended like everything was fine, and chose to sleep sitting up in a chair next to the door. Smart. Rather than in the bed. Smart. And so he awoke in the night, different stories. Some say, like, the bed opened up and he wasn't in it. Some Uh say there was, you know, maybe one of them approached him or, like, tried to get into the room to kill him, whatever. He woke up, figured out it's bad news, and and flees on foot. Oh, wow. Okay. So now with two living witnesses to their crimes – Charleston law enforcement were finally able to arrest Lavinia and John Fisher. Wow. So how John long, tried, How long did that take? Do we know the time here? The time limit? Like how long they owned the inn and Yeah, how long had they been killing people without getting caught until I don't people, know exactly. Sounds a, like a, a couple while. years. <laughs> a while. Okay. Yeah. So John tried to strike a plea deal and like he gave up the names of a few of the highwaymen and, and he tried to like strike a deal to get Lavinia off. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end it didn't work and they were both sent to the old, old Charleston jail to await trial. Okay. They were housed together for over a year Whoa. in one six by eight foot cell. <gasps> oh my God. Six I'm, by eight foot cell. I'm assuming other people lived in there too because Oh my! It was so yeah, overcrowded. I, I was like, did they have like a like a marriage like like a like <laughs> a wedding cell? <laughs> you know, a honeymoon you, suite. You, <laughs> you know how like in, <laughs> yeah. in college, like married couples get to like long together. Housing, yeah. Yes, I feel like that's what this was, but maybe right. not because there's other people. By the way, if the person I love, we didn't commit crimes. If we had to be in a six by eight space together for a year, you start. Would, I would become a murderer. I think she'd become a murderer first. <laughs> right. But like right. I and then add other people into that space. I mean that that alone is crazy making. So Right. Yeah, it's bad. Hmm. It's bad. But their romance endured, it oh. sounds like. So they're on the top floor at least. Okay. Because they were murderers or alleged murderers. Sure. Um, so at trial, both were found guilty of highway robbery, but not of murder or attempted murder. So all the murder stuff is alleged still. Right. Uh Uh-huh. But they were granted the chance to appeal. 
the verdict, which okay. was also pretty rare for the time. Most people didn't get an appeal. It was like... Was it because sp- she was a woman or something? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so during the interim, before their second trial, the couple attempted to escape by, like, tying together bed sheets and forming a rope, like, real old-timey. Like Rapunzel. Yeah. <laughs> they From the just, top floor. They just rappelled down. Right. That was the plan. And... Um, so John, it worked. John got out down the rope, but it broke while Lavinia was still inside. Oh, shit. And her loving husband wouldn't abandon her. So even though he was out of the building, he allowed himself to be recaptured and brought back. Okay. But like, that's a man. Like, I I know he's a murderer. (laughs) Like, I... I yes. know he's a murderer, but, like, that's true love as far as I'm concerned. Right? I mean, that's... That's the, that's the man you want to marry and, like, get in trouble with the law with, I think. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I feel like I would be like, Zach, I, at least I'd one be... of us can make it. <laughs> I'd be like, Allison, I'm so glad that you love me enough that you want me to go live a yeah. free life. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'll honor you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're with me right here always. <laughs> Thousand percent. So after their escape attempt, their living conditions inside the jail were made even worse and there was like tighter security and it probably was like, oh God, why did we even try? Mm-hmm. So then John found Jesus in jail. He like had a, he met with the pastor a lot or the reverend or whatever. I don't know. Tried to ask for forgiveness. But Lavinia had the opposite reaction, and she just, like, hunkered down and became, quote, more vitriolic. Oh, like anti-Jesus? Just, just like, fuck everybody, fuck all y'all, this is bullshit, whatever. Okay. So she seemed to be in shock that she wasn't pardoned, and she really didn't believe until the very end that she was actually that the sentence was actually going to be carried out. She thought she was going to be pardoned last minute. Oh, okay. She was not. But I guess in the end, she wasn't technically hanged because Mm. rather than let the hangman push her off the gallows, like once the noose was around her neck, she, a second before she could be pushed, jumped. Oh. She just was like, she went, um, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Wow. Fuck, I, it. I, fuck I, it, we'll do it live. <laughs> I I, I kind of love the uh, the taking the power away from them. Right. You know, of like, oh, like, I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction of killing me. Right. Isn't hmm. that wild? Yeah. And then this, this is my last little bit. And the thing that, you know, who, it's probably apocryphal, who knows, but like, let's pretend it's real. Okay. Her final words exclaimed before the crowd of onlookers just moments before her death were, if any of you have a message for the devil, tell me now, for I shall be seeing him shortly. And then she jumped. That's, that's a, that is, I know she was not a good person, but that's also a badass way to go. It's fucking badass. I do remember that part of it because when she, when Zach Bagans goes to the jail and tries to talk to Lavinia Fisher, he is able to get on, get audio of her finishing the sentence because he started Mm. her final words and then was like, what were the last words to that? And she was able to say the devil and, you know, all this stuff. 
So. Ooh, okay. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. So anyway, I didn't know any of that stuff. I thought it was such a creepy, amazing place. Well, I will tell you that th- that place is also full of ghosts. So, oh, uh, yeah. I thank you for covering Lavinia. I I think I actually might have covered that story before, but I definitely did not go into that kind of depth with Lavinia Fisher. I think she was just kind of like a bullet on the note. So, thank okay. you for doing the for giving like such a full in depth version of that story because I did not know half of that. So, well, that's good. Awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I, it, is there anything you want to shout out for Wine and Crime while you're here? By the way, if you like uh, true crime and comedy, which if you're listening to this, you probably do. Uh, check out Wine and Crime. We are at Wine and Crime Pod on most social medias, but I don't think we have a TikTok. We're in our mid thirties, so we're not there yet. <laughs> We don't have um, a TikTok either, by the way. I yeah. have I have a personal one, but I'm like, oh, I don't know about the podcast one. I like watch them, but I don't know how to make them. But anyway, Wine and Crime Pod, uh, wineandcrimepodcast.com is the website. Yeah. Do you have a, are you guys going back on tour soon? That's the plan. So you said this will come out probably in January. So yeah. um, we don't have details yet, but supposedly we will be starting up live touring again maybe in January. Oh, that'd be crossed. fun. Well, yeah. if you come back to LA, I want to obviously thousand go. percent. Um, last time you had a show in LA, we ended up having a sleepover, right? We did, and you did like a um, oh, how am I blanking? A scavenger hunt in the green room and like around the oh, venue I for did. us. You I set su- that up. I surprised Wine and Crime with a scavenger hunt after their. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't remember how I made that happen. I. Oh, you were doing your meet and greet, and so I was alone in the green room, and mm-hmm. I made, like, a whole thing. Thank you for mentioning that. I yeah. completely forgot. Uh, I will make another one for you if you come to L.A., so let okay. that be here. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. It's as someone who I know what it's like to do all the research and cr- build notes out, and it's it was a big ask to have you come on and Happy do a story. Happy to do it. So you, we owe you for sure. Um, come back next week for uh, more wine and crime. I don't know which which of the the two uh, lovely ladies will be here, but someone will be here, and uh, we'll keep going with our missing Christine tour. I guess is what we're calling it now. So, I know we love you, Christine. We're gonna we're trying our best to fill your shoes, but it's not possible. The way we usually end this is uh, we say, and that's why we drink, but word for word. So I say, and you go, that's why we. Drink. Okay, I'm gonna try. Okay. It, the, honestly, it's never been done in a classy way. So the more <laughs> butchered it is, the more the better, the more authentic it sounds. Yeah. Okay. And that's why we drink. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over one hundred and thirty years. We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.